with my slippers on. Cold. All right. I love it. <clears throat> Got to be comfortable. Yeah, man. Definitely. I say comfortable. I was told there wasn't video component to this. I, you're lucky I'm wearing a shirt at all. So. <laughs> no, yeah, I, well, I hear you. There, RQ... there won't be any video. There won't be any video. This is just oh, okay. for our convenience. But it's so pretty. Anyway. It is. Uh, well, Archie also told me, oh, I have a Skype. Was, I'm yeah. going to fucking kill him. I'm on my wife's computer because my Mac is so old. I can't actually get Skype to load on it right now. I was gonna. I was messing with a thing on the shelf just now, and I pulled my entire like entire stock of stocking caps and or beanies, if you're from New York, down on me. So I have like 38 hats next to me. Yeah, I was gonna say, how many do you have? So (laughs) you should just really that. You should just put a new one on like every ten. I was gonna say every question will just you know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's the good one. I'm into it. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I can wear this one not on tour though. Yeah, it's I was about to say that's a tour. Sort of ad. against the rules. I guess we gotta go on tour. Pete, book a tour. It's your turn. <laughs> I hate that shit. <laughs> but um we're excited to play again and um hopefully we're you know we're trying out some guitar players, so maybe we'll find one. Yeah. One fucking day. Are you looking to add guitar? Uh, yeah, we. I'd like. I've always had in mind like a, another guitar player. I didn't ever really want it to be like a three piece, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the way you know, like I, I write with a lot of harmonies in mind and stuff like that. So it's nice to have someone recreate that with me, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, it was it was a stopgap that ended up at lasting like three or four years. <laughs> yeah, we just haven't found the right. We the right guy has either been avail has been. We've known who the right guy was, and he couldn't do it. Or, I mean, we really want to kidnap a dude from Kansas, but he's already in other bands. So, and we already had a guy from Kansas in the band. So, I, besides me, so seems like too many. But why didn't you just do it like with your broke ass leg? You could have just <laughs> sat in a chair and played guitar, and then that other dude who played with you at that one show could have just filled in. Yeah, you could have been oh. like Dave Grohl. Oh, fucking Kenny with a oh, throne. Man. Yeah, you should yeah. just like make a make your own throne, but instead of like out of guitars, just make it out of like random shit, like forks, <laughs> like napkin dispensers, spatulas. I mean, my problem is that some clever shithead decided to call drumstools thrones like a hundred years ago, <laughs> which I'm sure was a joke that went awry, and now we all sound like assholes because it's already called a throne. When you're passing me my throne, it's a fucking stool. But, <laughs> Like I feel, I feel like I'm at my limit for throne humor. But, Thrones always been no. the toilet for me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to pretend I know how to play drums and that I can sort of, all my body parts are connected again and I can fully pretend. So it's good.
latest entry in the Diary of Doom. I'm Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of Doom Metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week, we will have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can follow along to the podcast at diaryofdoom.podbean.com and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you stream your podcast from. And if you have a question or whatever, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. Uh, so unfortunately, we have to announce that Godmaker has canceled their appearance on VOD because John Lane has broke his other leg once again, yeah. throwing the band into turmoil. <laughs> Seems like the thing to do. <laughs> He's like, I have to make, I have an obligation to make an appearance somewhere. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. Um, Ruining another thing. Got a tour and a vacation coming up. What can That's why we got these hammers. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can use them as a splint. Have you seen them? Not like no, I haven't 14 seen 14 inches yet. long. They're enormous. Jesus. Which I read the specs on when they sent me the 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 layout, and the guy who actually came up with the idea did not read the specs on and like has sitting at his house going, These are huge. I'm like, dude, it said 13 point something inches. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, do you know inches? Like <laughs> oh, is that what that anyway. says? Yeah. So Extra large bang for your buck if you are one of the people who's ordered. You can actually still order them. Yes. Um, uh, for those of you not in the know, like, in all seriousness, just kidding, obviously. Very happy to welcome John and Pete onto the podcast. Finally, because, like, honestly, I've been kind of building to this moment since I started the podcast, I feel like. Um, <laughs> well, that's weirdly flattering. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean... Godmaker is like an uh, important band to me or for me because I feel like you were the first like local metal band I saw and like it really left a lasting impression on myself and my girlfriend Sarah. It was when you guys opened up for Acid King back in 2018. Uh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's that's the show my dad was at. Pete and I were <laughs> we were talking before we started about dads coming to shows, but. Oh, he was the dad. dad that was fighting people in the pit that <laughs> night. <laughs> God. You know, I shouldn't, I don't want to go there, but he, it's the only time in my life I have ever seen my dad, like, visibly inebriated. Like, dude is, I mean, now he's 77, but, like, he's never been much of a drinker. Like, he likes beer the same way I do. We don't, neither one of us really likes being drunk, drunk. But at St. Vitus, he was pounding the stouts and, like. Oh, boy. Yeah, he it was, was awesome. It was adorable. It was wonderful. I, was I could not awesome. have been. I was like giggling, but that's yeah, no, awesome. that was a good show. I I just I credit him for that show being awesome, but maybe that's just for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, we're finally we're at this day. This day has arrived. Godmakers on the podcast. Um, I've been you know Ooh, wanting yay. to do this for a long you know long 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 time, and like obviously. Also, uh, Andrew Archie, other member of the band, uh, was previously on his on a solo episode. Ooh, la di da. He's so spatial. <laughs> well, he's you know he's only in like a thousand bands, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's one in, one in one out. Every time he loses, when he like just reflexively has to grab another one. <laughs> <laughs> but he keeps coming back to you guys. He ain't going fucking anywhere. Better not. <laughs> <laughs> but 
you know, leading up to where you are now with your strange merchandise, your 14 inch long <laughs> hammers and everything like that. Where, <laughs> no where did you guys that. all like, like kick it off? Um, what's your background with music? Are you, do you come from a, a musical background or was it something that you picked up later on? <laughs> Pete's got a better story than I do. I feel like, um, um, well I started like, all right. So I was apprenticing a locksmith when I was about 12 years old. Right. And I had just gotten some new family my mom married this dude and he had two sons and i started hanging out the younger son and long story short he found out that i smoked like some shit with him and he got very very angry with angry with me and he like brought me to his house and he had this big giant malamute named zero and zero was out on the stoop and like he was fucking growling at me and george the locksmith dude comes out with this classical guitar and he was like, all right, man, you have until next week to learn a song. Otherwise you lose your job. And that's kind of how I got started playing guitar. Wow. That is like, (laughs) what a weird series of events that led you to be like, I'm going to learn how to play guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I'm like, I have an older brother and um, he's nine years older. So I've always been listening to like, you know, some version of rock and roll or metal or punk or hardcore and didn't even know, you know, they were genres of it. I just, you know, thought it was heavy music I liked, you know, so uh, that's kind of like, you know, how I got like the music bug in my head, if if you will. I started like writing shit in my head long before I could play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on my end, I my my grandmother, who was a minister, um, living in Santa Fe when I was a kid, living in Lawrence, Kansas, had observed me at some point when I was, a, you know, probably a toddler, like banging on some toy drum. I think it was an old like Indian tom tom, but who knows where it came from. Um, and decided I needed to play drums and just started poking around. I guess her, whatever her congregation, and suddenly, I think without talking to my parents, if I recall this right. On my fifth birthday, a snare drum and a hi hat and some sticks and brushes just showed up at my house, which, as it turns out, was a really cool, like old vintage snare drum that I still have. It's my baby. But, um, and then the next year, uh, one of those, I guess I'm dating myself. I feel like everybody my age had the same, like, generic blue sparkle drum kit when they were young. Um, that showed up the next year. And I was kind of a discouraged, fat ADD kid, little mullet. If, if, You've maybe seen the picture. I posted one online a while ago. Um, but like, I would sit down and play the world's worst drum solo here and there and go, I suck. And then I wouldn't touch him again for a year. And we would keep moving him this, all this garbage around. And then my brother showed up one day with this record called And Justice for All. <laughs> and my brother's also, he's five years older. And he was pretty heavy into music for about exactly like that year. Uh, he was trying to play guitar. They got him lessons with the wrong people and yada, yada. He gave up and became the wonderful, actually functioning business school drone business person that he is now. But he's doing <laughs> quite well with it. Um, more power to him. He makes fun of it too. But, um, but yeah, he stopped caring. But that I heard the first time I heard Black and I was like, yes, lessons. And I've been going since I was 10. And I've taken a weird path through like marching. I did like 10 years of marching drum stuff at 
all including the highest level, which is probably just because I'm lucky, not because I'm good. But um, but it's cool. It's where I got the bug. It's where I got the feeling of like 20,000 people standing up and screaming at you because you made them happy. And once you've had that, you kind of never feel right without it. And I still very much don't. It's probably why I've been a morbid shit for the last couple of years because I'm just madly strung out. But yeah, not as good a story as Pete's. <laughs> Long story short. So in Justice for All, Pete, yeah. do you have an album that like changed your perspective on heavy and into like the heavier side of things? All right. So it, it's weird. Like I said, like uh, I've been listening to shit like Bad Brains and Venom since like both like nine or ten, you know, like because of my brother. Again, I didn't know what it was, but like high school. My first year of high school, my buddy turned me on to the very first Minor Threat record. And that kind of changed my fucking life. Like, uh, like the ferocity of that record. I'll, I'll never forget, like, you know, sitting in LaGuardia in this fucking weird little area where, like, I was cutting class and just fucking playing the tape repeatedly. And, uh, you know, then that turned me on to, like, Rock for Light and all that shit. So I started playing in hardcore bands. And, but that shit fucking... That minor threat record set me off. Set me off. Definitely that one. That makes me nice. happy. <laughs> well, <clears throat> but, but between the really like the three of you, you know, you're all clearly big fans of other kinds of um, you know music besides metal. And has it like has it always been like that? You know, even to some extent for you or. Did you like start looking elsewhere because you needed something new or was it just, it's just like, as you go, you just soak it up like a sponge, you know? Cause like life's too short to just listen to one. Genre yeah. Music. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that wasn't until later. Like I didn't listen to actual like rock music. Like I did, I, there were Led Zeppelin records I had never heard before until I was like 20 something, you know? Same. Which is insulting if you're a drummer cause Bonham, but. Right. Yeah. But uh, hip hop has always been like in my fucking life. I grew up in the Bronx, so like when hip hop in the '80s, like you know, started popping out everywhere, it was just you know something that you just couldn't escape. So I've always had a love for it, and uh, I still do to this day, like very much so. Yeah, I remember for me the the first thing I was definitely that kid um, who hated rap music when I was in grade school. I mean and hated pop whatever i just wanted whatever was loud and you know what i was listening to that was loud was like mostly the same mainstream garbage that everyone else was in the late 80s or early 90s early 90s it started to get i don't know the mainstream stuff kind of it all mished but the one that got me which i mean perhaps is transitioning your question is my one of my best friends in high school who conveniently had very large speakers in his place uh, brought brought me over and started playing me Dummy by Portishead, and it just like ripped my mind open. It's there's you know there's there's a note I can on it's a fire which is my low key favorite Portishead song, which I feel like no one says. Um, but there's a note where like the whole song has built up and the bass drops and hits the lowest note and the organ hits the high the high chord. It's just the perfect time. It's one of the most perfect musical moments ever. And I remember just hearing that and going oh electronic music 
okay. <laughs> and like, you know, I've always had to like, from there, I'd also started doing the, you know, marching stuff. So it, w when you've played, you know, I've done all the orchestral whatever too, but that's the one that really bit me, even though I expected to hate it. And, um, you know, so I'm a sucker with anything for anything with brass or, you know, I like classical. I'm not going to tell you I'm a guru. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, and when you play drums too, you're kind of inherently going to get into jazz, whether or not you stay there. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But, it's like the natural course of things, you know, it, it, it's yeah. like what it, it's like a, like a foundational piece of music history, like specifically just like jazz drumming and, and everything. Plus like, I'm sure there's like things you can pick up from other kinds of music, like being a drummer, like in terms of like beat and rhythm and shit like that, you know, shit that I'll never be able to fucking understand. Same. But like, I hear you on Portishead, like there's something for everybody in that fucking band. That's why that band is, is awesome. I mean, there you've got, like it's slow and it's dreamy and it's droney and it's heavy and it's uh, poetic and it's like it's sexy got a swing and everything. Too, yeah, it's got no, exactly. It's, no there's weak links. There <clears throat> there's, just, there's no weak links in that band, and they were blazing a trail. You know, when you when you go into a thing like that, which is no rules, and you're doing a thing that nobody else has done. You know, they they always make fun of their. We didn't try to start trip hop. We didn't want a genre. We just like jazz and spy movies. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but so good and like i could go on for way longer than you want to talk to us overall right now just about that record or that band and the meticulousness and how much i love their drummer yada 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 yeah i saw that roseland show and that shit was fucking phenomenal wait were you at the roseland show yeah man how have you never told me that is it fear for your life oh, no. <laughs> that's, no, I that's valid yeah it was good Pete Ross, I hate you now. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, it was good." <laughs> like that's all he has to say. Yeah, it was good. That, no, I don't. I, that changed no, my life. I really as a I drummer got into a fight that night. I remember from like uh, trying to force my way up front because I really didn't want to like you know miss anything. And Pete, you almost got a fight at the Portishead show we were at together. Is this a thing for you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's the angriest man at the Portishead show. Yeah. It happens all the time, though. It's weird. Like, it's never at a metal show, though. It's always at some fucking weird show. You know? Nobody's gonna love you like I do! <laughs> it's funny, like, a friend of mine told me that, like, he worked at a... He was, a, uh, like, an usher at, a, at, a, at the Warfield growing up, and he said, like, every time, like, a big metal band came through and played there, he's like, the fans were always super nice. Like, hey, we gotta, like, just you know keep it in the aisles and they're like yeah no problem he said like fucking deadheads and all them were like the worst like they hated <laughs> they hated the ushers they treated them like shit like they'd be like hey could you like go in the aisle they'd be like come on man you're harsh in a buzz <laughs> well i think metal dudes are like notoriously nice now i mean like yeah. i i know i go out of my fucking way because like you get what you give you know mm -hmm. so you know, being nice kind of, you know, helps in a lot of fucking ways. And, you know, also it's easier. Have... It's easier. <laughs> also, we have the best therapy. I mean, yeah. Catharsis yeah. is a hell of a drug. Like, yeah. That's a big part of this band. And definitely. I've had maybe one other band that came close in that regard. But like, that's man, there are songs where I kind of leave myself when we play them. And you know, yeah. it's like there are songs. It's like it's hard to not play just because. When we're play when we're writing a set or whatever, because like I want to feel transported like that. I want to be in that moment when it came together and where I was, and I want to spit all the poison out and be done. Like, 
That usually happens after, like, you know, after that set is done, I'm usually fucking spent. I have to go yeah. outside and fucking breathe for, like, ten minutes. Yeah. All that shit. While I'm tearing down my drone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure, like, you know, considering you've been, like, belting it out and just, like, fucking slamming on, the, and on everything, like, it makes sense. But it's absolutely, it's, like, emotionally draining. I mean, like, I've been at shows where I'm, like, I have to go outside because at, at the end because i'm just like Whew, man that was like fucking intense and then i've had to go outside because i was too fucking stoned um which is a whole yeah. other discussion <laughs> entirely to itself but yeah i mean i don't know to anybody out there like that's listening go if you can and if you're local like go see these fucking guys on <laughs> october 30th at transpicos because it's they take their shit super serious like you can tell that these guys are putting 110 percent in when they play like that's why it was just like <laughs> i saw that and like i send it your that album i was like yo dude if you like you know if you you know into this stuff like check this band out they're from brooklyn and he's just like dude where has this fucking band been this whole time <laughs> and i was like i mean they've been here like yeah. <laughs> you just didn't know about yeah. but he's like dude this band is sick <laughs> <laughs> Well, yep. to talk about that transcendence thing that John was talking about, like uh, some of those things and, and the whole catharsis thing kind of like, you know, for me, like I have to like dig into shit into my head that I really, you know, that sucks having to go into, you know, and there are songs that like I fucking hate playing now, you know, like uh, only because of like, you know, it was a time in my life that I was really fucking low, you know? And uh, so it's it's definitely a place that, and in order to play that properly, I kind of have to put myself back in that position mentally, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. a, it's a fucking weird thing, I guess, catharsis, you know, because it can go either way. Yeah. It's definitely, I can definitely sit back, you know, just and listen just and enjoy the song, even when we're, and when we're playing it, just, you know, I mean, obviously we wrote the damn things, you'd hope we'd like them, but, <laughs> even you know songs that i've like had a real firm hand in arranging because that's you know the thing i can contribute um and i can have fun of them but it, if i don't like really dig in like he's saying and give it that i feel like i've sort of shorted myself and everybody who gives a shit and has decided to watch my band for some awesome reason yeah yeah, yeah. also like the three of us kind of have a thing and I guess we've always had that thing, like since we got in a room together, you know, from the very first time. And uh, it just became more prominent as we kept playing together. Uh, especially, you know, me and Archie. Me and Archie are, you know, musical fucking soulmates. You know, like fucking, I don't even have to like look at him and he knows what I'm going to fucking do. And you want to, you want people like that, you know, in, in your musical existence and life and, you know, shit, life period. And Archie's like one of the fucking best musicians I've come across. And I've been playing shit for quite some time, you know. So I'm very lucky to have both him and John Lane. And, you know, it was, it was very lucky that I stepped into shit because I really did. I really did. Archie and I used to be musical soulmates. He left me for Pete. <laughs> we still do okay though. <laughs> you're like that. You're you're like the exes that are very comfortable being around each other. <laughs> yeah, we're who is it? Uh, 
I'm going to make a pop culture reference, but no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Anyway, <laughs> I can't think of who I'm, oh, it's Lenny Kravitz and Jason Momoa. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're all like, you know, Momoa's 10 years younger than him, I think, and Kate and his, or married to his head. I don't know. They're like co-parenting is a bit weird, but yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll but go with that. But it's Lenny Kravitz. As long as I get to be Momoa. Anyway. I'd rather be Lenny. Well, musically, yeah. I want to be Lenny. Well, Momo and I probably play guitar at about the same level, so maybe that's better. <laughs> yeah. Shit, yeah. Pete's going because Lino's Lenny's hung. Yeah, a little yeah. bit, a little bit. <laughs> he uh, he was he was rehearsing at a place I worked like right after that happened, and like everybody was just kind of like, <sighs> oh, poor Lenny. Whatever, dude. That guy looks twenty years younger than he is, and he's still more talented than. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I watched a gift of that like 20 times. Like I was just like, <laughs> it's mesmerizing. Like just, it's like whoa. What, what's mesmerizing is that he didn't fucking feel it. Yeah, or he, just, or he just didn't care. Nah. At a certain point, the air hits that you know. <laughs> that that kind of draft is unmistakable. A little bit. <laughs> I'm trying not to. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I'm like, don't cheese it, Dylan. Don't cheese it. (laughs) Cheese it. Glad I'm not the one that started it. Usually Um, that's me. Well, speaking. Well, you know, speaking of not about Lenny Kravitz's unit, but rather Archie. um, Like, how did like how did you wind up like hooking up with him and putting the band together? And was it always supposed going to be like a doom metal band or like a heavy music band, or was it just like let's just we're doing something? It was, I had been in Brooklyn probably really only a couple years, I guess. I've been playing in a band called Crows on Vultures that I loved. It was like post-hardcore kind of, you know, hot water, quick sandy stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Shout out to Nate Durr is now playing in Light Eater and Amp Tech to us and many other people. Um, And I just said the word shout out, God, who am I? Um, (laughs) I'm going to punch myself when I get off but um, and I was playing the, in the band, and yeah, you weren't here for this. Bill. It, was, it was a band with Nick Kagi, who ended up in Mutoid Man. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. While this was happening, we were playing this ridiculous thrash band called Brewhammer, which was intended to be a joke. It was this meatly thing. It was supposed to be just unrepentantly shreddy note, just shitting notes. We were only going to play like one or two shows a year, and then we got a singer who sounded like uh, Rob Halford and King Diamond. It had the politest little baby you've ever heard, and he just you know paint peeled off walls when he started singing and suddenly it accidentally became a real band um and like those dudes are now in like tower and shadowland um, yeah shadowland oh, okay. jeff um <clears throat> jeff filmer took over yeah. as lead sound guy at vitus after nick stopped yep. being lead sound guy um just ridiculously talented dudes and so it was just the funnest thing ever that's actually why i have so many drums in godmaker because we were using the same space for a while and I got tired of moving them and they just all kind of wrote themselves into the songs that we always play. So <laughs> now I carry too much stuff everywhere. But no, but I was playing these bands and I, I loved what we were doing and it was fun, but it just kind of, it, it wasn't really like doing it for me. And at this point I was in my, you know, mid young thirties, whatever. I was just, I guess I was barely 30 at that point. And just, I wanted to do something that did everything. I wanted fun, swingy, stupid, like clutch kind of riffs. I wanted, you know, I'm, we're all nerds for proggy shit. Talk mm. to Pete about Crimson. I'll go off about Danny Carey being my favorite drummer for like 30 years. 
I wanted all that. I wanted. I, I know. I've seen sparse, all of your apologetic you know? tool posts. Where you're like, I'm not, sorry. I know no, everyone. No. <laughs> there's, there's no apology there. Like I would, I would apologize for their fans if I had the power, and I know I'm one of them. But no, you're not. Yeah, you're not those fans. Yeah, I've, like, I've been to a tool concert. I know what. I know what those yeah. fans are like. It's really true of any band, but um, uh -huh. yeah, theirs have a particular zest. Um, I feel like everybody can hear me doing the Italian things as well. I'm saying that, um, but you know, I just I was trying to get a band together that just did all the things. And like I at that point was sort of feeling myself a little bit as a drummer. I was like, maybe I'd like to stretch out a little bit, throw some notes here, and then shut the hell up and play real sparse when it's called for. But like I didn't know. I and Archie and I worked together in Guitar Center Hell in Union Square at that point, where I was running the drum department. He was running the guitar department, and so we talked. Damn. And like we had, we had sort of stumbled in on a jam with one of our coworkers that was like very like Lamb of Gotti, you know, metal, and it was it was the music yeah, was fine. Like, chug a squee. Yeah, it was good. It was it was there was nothing wrong with it, but you know, at dude, I gotta point, be honest. Sometimes I want to do a little chug a squee dance to some oh. Godmaker riffs. Oh, you haven't heard? We've got some chug a squee that hasn't <laughs> necessarily formed all the way into a song yet, but that hopefully we'll polish chug that one off squee. soon. You know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about, but um, <laughs> but we had we jammed together with this other guy, and it was all his music, and it was just funny because like even one of our friends who's a really good guitar player was in the room with us just hanging out, and and she and Archie and I, bear in mind also that Archie at this point was probably like 18 and a half, and I was like about to turn 30, and Archie had like the worst sad hair like straightened <laughs> coppery red hair oh he had he'll, like, he'll hair. like like this is not like this isn't me shit talking behind his back he's posted pictures of it and he has a pretty good sense yeah of he had that. emo hair it was oh <laughs> it was sad hair you know when you're when you're too sad to look at the world with both eyes it's not uh -huh, yep. um, hey, hey, hey the swoop oh big swoop but um but this rehearsal happened and it whatever that thing is up on 30th street and um it was just by the second song, it was really obvious what was happening in the room is that I was now just trying out a bass player. And he and I were just kind of jamming with each other while still playing the dude's songs. But I was like, I was trying to fuck with him because I was like, how does this kid who's 12 years old, how was he hanging this well? Like this kid's way better than he should be. And so I'm trying to like throw curves and do weird, stupid shit. And he was just on my ass on all of them. And I was like, okay. And so we started jamming like, and we never jammed with that guy again, but we started jamming together pretty much right away and spent like a year just going through guitar players trying to find a, a guy and to answer your question part of why i'm rambling on about this so long is that besides that i just do that about absolutely everything <laughs> is that um we didn't know exactly what it was going to sound like like we were both you know nerding out on porcupine tree real hard at that point there was there was a time where i had an even more ridiculous drum kit just because i was playing around like what can we do with this you know uh, we just knew that we wanted it to be sonically as big as we could make it and as diverse. And I want, you know, I want elation and I want the worst heartbreak and I want rage and I want, you know, everything you can cram into a song, like not necessarily every song, obviously, but like I wanted the full range, but we didn't know what it was going to sound like until in comes that, Pete. Same, that same girl <laughs> who had sat in at that first rehearsal with Archie and me 
introduced us to Pete Ross, which is why she is still known as Mama Godmaker. In That's our right. Circle. And um, I was in uh, I was in Clean Teeth at the time, so like I, I was double dipping. Yeah, I was still but, playing a Brewhammer. Yeah. So yeah, he was double dipping too. I think, I think Archie no. was still in. Archie was doing his like sort of spooky band too. That, yeah. That, that was kind of a pay gig. It wasn't like his passion project or anything, but but yeah. And the first time he was in the room, Pete dropped what basically turned into Shallow Points and Desk Murder, the middle two songs on our first record. And I was just like, all right, you're coming back, dude. And <laughs> like those songs were both at least halfway done in that first rehearsal, which is hilarious if you know how slow we are with releasing music sometimes. And yeah, we just kept jamming with him and trying to find another guy. And then we I, will, moved. I will go on with details, <laughs> right. but like, yeah, it, it went it went well. It took us another year, basically. We ended up in, importing Chris Strait, who had been my guitar player in a like chaotic, you know, convergy, violent, botch, hardcore mess in Kansas five years earlier or so. We moved him into my apartment and yeah. we started jamming with Chris. And Chris was a really good, fun fit for me because, um, you know, Chris doesn't play like I do at all. And like he yeah. hears things I just didn't, you know, yeah. like I would have never thought to put the lines that Chris put over my yeah. shit, you know. Just the uh, texture he put on those two songs, particularly like the opening. There's like he's doing like very slow wah pedal. He, he makes wah pedal not shitty. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, that's, that's that's a tall order. But like he does like really cool. The swells in the intro of Shallow Points are still one of my favorite things. And he put a like failure ass guitar solo over Desk Murder. Which by the time that was over, Pete, I was just like, guys, he was like, move him here, move him here. Like, we yeah. listened to it like once and they're getting me. So, yeah. And we had a lot of fun with him. He ended up moving out of the state and he's doing good shit up in Maine. He's a kombucha master, he's a yep. brewer guy. He, he actually, does... he actually touched down in the city this week and I couldn't hang out with him. We couldn't quite make it line up and I was bummed. Yeah, son of a bitch. But, um, no, he's, I, we love the shit out of that dude. We all miss hanging out with him very much. But, um, and, we traveled through. We had Carmine in the band after him, who super buddy of all of ours. And he was from Hull. He's yeah, from an Hull. amazing fucking Brooklyn band that, like, if it wasn't for Hull, I don't think, you know, we'd be around or any of the other bands that follow us. Hull is, I, I mean, they're not, like, the best kept secret, but, like, yeah. I feel like there are still people that will find out about Hull. I would say, if, if, if I can make a confession, I didn't know Hull when we started this band. Oh, I had no idea. It just it even if two of them have played guitar on stage with us at one point or another. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, and again, Carmine, we did. If you've heard the split we did with Some Nuri a couple of years back, there's a song in there called and that's an excerpt, which is 13 minutes of sad and Carmine's all over that uh, yeah. voice and guitar. Yeah, he kind of we pretty much had the song mapped when he joined the band but he threw a little weird hammer on bridge thing in there that we hadn't quite been doing and it totally just it was the thing the song was missing yeah and yeah. so that was awesome it's unfortunately like the only thing we recorded with him there's a little bit there's like a snippet of him on the on the portis head cover that's also on that split yeah that's yeah. one of those songs i really don't like performing though <laughs> oh yeah that's aside yeah. from it being 14 fucking minutes long yeah. you know? <laughs> requires a guitar change because it's in a stupid sad tuning and uh yeah it's it's just too long if we were playing arenas maybe we'd throw that in the middle of the set you know people need a hot dog break but i think we've maybe know. done it twice in its entirety twice right yeah, no we've done a lot more than that but we we played it a bunch oh yeah on when carmine was still in the band and then by the time that came out for 
a smattering of reasons that aren't worth going through. Um, he, he had no longer been in the band, I think, for probably most of a year when we actually released that record. Our dude from our, our other dude from Kansas came out and actually played the release show with us so we could actually play that song properly. He's his name is Ben White. You should check out anybody who's listening to this. Check out the band Godzillionaire. Aside yeah, from having a name awesome. that I'm just I they are good. I, I checked them out after you posted about them. They're I'm, I'm they're so kind of weird, but they're name. quite good. Yeah, I mean they're a fucking rock band. There's no there's no way around that. Uh, they're not they're not a metal band. They're not a doom band. They're a fucking rock band. And, and a good that. one. Yeah. And a fucking good one. That dude's a fucking genius. He and I were in a desert rock band that is that will always be the band that got away from me. Like I always say I'm in my favorite band, like Godmaker's my child, but there's there's a little part of me that's always thinking, man, fuck, I wish we could play a show. Um, <laughs> but I'd tell you to go check it out, but you can't find it anywhere anymore. <laughs> Get on your Reverb Nation page. You know, just to jump back to them real quick, like I saw, I watched um, Hull's stream when they did the Mutants of the Monster streaming thing last year, and I was like, wow, like yeah. that was like a big fucking deal. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was. Unreal. I used to love the Relapse Records webpage for like five years. If you went on their page, it would be like FAQ or whatever, like, can I submit music? And they're like, Unless you're Hull, don't send us your fucking demo. Yeah. <laughs> and that was their that was their like that was their FAQ on Relapse Forever. And it's like I mean that's for most of that time is the biggest label in loud music. So yeah. that, that's I, like the it, bear that's like the, the standard. Yeah, just if you're not Hull, fuck off. <laughs> I loved it. I think I actually cheered out loud when I saw that the first time. When you were working on the name for the band, did you want to make it so it had some kind of like thematic element to it or just it sounded cool because like I, god maker has kind of like a positive spin versus like god killer or slayer which feels very so like classic names. yeah meta, yeah that kind of yeah, thing i think there's you know, a god stopper also <laughs> yeah it's like it's like electric and wizard in you know yeah. stoner metal just there's so yeah. many things that have those like <laughs> is it like a do you think of it like you know the gods aren't actual deities but things that we like actually do and love worship like music or is that just like totally galaxy brain i mean the <laughs> good term uh the short version is just that i wanted i really wanted a one word or just a short name that just sounded as big as what we were trying to do sonically like we wanted to sound huge and i wanted a name that when people read it it sounded like a big thing and i mean it was kind of just dumb luck because i mean all, even by then 10 years ago plus like all the good one word names were taken. So like, and I stumbled across the, the word Kingmaker, which is you know not that weird, but it just popped up in something I was reading. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of good. And I looked and there were a couple bands as a jazz thing. And I was like, eh. I was like, what's bigger than that? Oh, and got on Google and started just keep, I just kept searching it and trying to find somebody that had used it already. And by the time I realized that no one had used it, I was like practically doing backflips in my living room. I was so excited. I was just like, that's it. I was like, that's the one. But I also, I, you know, it, I came to like it also just because, you know, I'm not particularly a fan of, you know, organized religion, all for spirituality, but I don't like picking teams. And I fully think that, you know, the construct of God is a man-made thing. And I don't think that's a outlandish thing to say, but also for me, music has always been my equivalent of a religion. It's the thing I go to when I need guidance. It's the thing that makes me feel okay on my worst day it's the thing i want to do to celebrate it's the thing you know it's everything to me it's you know it's life 
my roommate used to make fun of me for saying at some point that life is what happens in your in the time off from music yeah um that's kind of the way i looked at it so like for me it just it it sliced it diced it made thousands of julienne fries like <laughs> i just wanted a name that sounded big and awesome and was simple but i really like it just it ended up being a lot better of one than i thought it, i would even come up with it was just kind of luck yeah oh i love it i think it's a great name well thank you i'm pretty stoked about it <laughs> <laughs> i would hope so you have a lot of merch that has it on it <laughs> yeah we yep. totally do have a lot of that we merch. do <laughs> everybody listen buy merch. no okay uh, <laughs> whatever it is we've got it in your size no. yeah <laughs> we're all we are all out of xls those are gone we're really not we stocked up for the tour that was supposed to happen right before i broke my leg and sank yeah. that little tour and we're still kind of going through this backlog and now hammers so and now hammer yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that because <clears throat> everyone's probably like what the fuck i mean um but they probably know what it is um you know like i i think on your uh when i was listening to uh out the music back today just to you know just to get in the right headspace you know your influences show pretty clearly and you know but because you guys have like really good ear and like you know you work with like you know you have a knack for production like you take the like the sludgy doomy stuff it just sounds really rich to me like which is why it sounds so fucking good and like you know and the drumming is interesting and it's not just like following the same basic kind of rhythmic stuff but like I can tell that you like to sprinkle it in and not even sprinkle it in, like just do full on like bits of like gent and extreme metal and post metal and like more technically complex stuff. But like, it's on like that really nice um, rhythm, rhythmic backbone that you have going. Yeah. That's uh that's kind of on purpose. Uh, yeah. I purposely write shit that's going to make you want to kind of, you know, rock back and forth. Yep. you know like we like we tend to do at stoner and doom shows you know and uh like if it doesn't do that for me and it doesn't have like a really good sense of melody or something you know that's you know like uh relatable and appealing you know i, I i'll i'll scrap it you know that's how i you know like that's the way i write we we talked a lot of shit about no boundaries when we started like yeah again like i want you know I'm stealing someone's line with like no melody too sweet, you know, but we also want to be crushingly heavy, you know? Um, yeah. And it, it is interesting you're talking about rhythmically because we were, this is maybe the, this is really the first band. I've the only one I've ever been in that was like super rhythm section driven. Like Archie and I wrote so much of the first pile of shit together. And like he and I were, you know, band mom and dad for hardcore for the first bunch of years before he was in 37 bands. And <laughs> but um and like and it's kind of cool one of the best things that's happened though <laughs> and it's super relevant to what you were talking about is having is watching pete grow as a performer and as a musician and like really come into himself because when we started like you know he was always good there was never we would go to see clean teeth and there was one song that he always sang lead on and i would just spend the whole set waiting for that and i mean i loved that band they were super fun they were heavy as hell they were friends um one of them played half of our last show, but, um, <laughs> but, um, uh, we did our first record under like 
it's a long story won't do it here but the circumstances of the recording of that first record like it was basically like a super rushed demo mm-hmm. we did all those drum tracks in like an afternoon as i recall I, pete you can correct me if i'm wrong if we did i don't think i think it was one day yeah and it was it's you know it's 32 minutes of music and stupid arrangements that are my fault and you know because we do such weird things with time i had to do them without a click so we had to just run it and those are mostly like first and second takes kind of mostly first kind of squished together uh there's a couple things that make me cringe like a shanked ride symbol note that's not supposed to be there things like that no one else gives a shit but it bothers you know i know um <laughs> but um one of them's right in the middle of megalith it hurts because that's oh but um but that song that's, rips yeah yeah it's, it's not it'll never bother anyone else and i'll never play it again but like it was a mess and pete was in kind of a bad way to shorten the story he was in a bad place on like multiple levels when he did the vocals and like it was just it was rough for everyone the release process was rough we were supposed to be on a label that evaporated and it slowed it down a lot and then we came back a year later to do to record the ambulance is late so we could throw that on the vinyl release and we were doing this now in a legit studio uh terminus is gone now but it's in 48th 48th street uh Times square like it was above they, a strip bar if i remember it was the lobby where it was the lobby where tupac <laughs> became one Pac. yeah where he got oh, shot the first damn. time which is if you've been in it it's hilarious because it's the most nothing it's like a hallway with an elevator but mm-hmm. um newsworthy though um but we recorded in there with james yost and christian i'm gonna forget his last name Rutledge. But, you know, thank you thank you um and that song had a little bit more harmonies and in the meantime of this pete had turned from pete into sober pete and suddenly pete was dropping like really lovely harmonies and like i remember kind of poking him partially because there was just a thing i had heard wrong that i really liked there was a high octave part over the quiet bridge of that song that i just wanted there and thankfully like christian happened to walk through while we were doing that and kind of prodded him a little bit and pete went in and just recorded all those harmony lines just you know pulled them out of his ass and they're I was just like, well, to be fair, that guy, he, he was play, fucking well. amazing. He, he really helped me. Yeah, it was it was just lucky because he was only in there for like probably half an hour. And it was exactly the right half an hour. Yeah. And, you know, it was just like, just layer them. I was like, I want it to sound like we're in a fucking cathedral. Like, <laughs> um, And they put the verb on. And But it's mostly just. And so as we've gone on, Pete has come so much more into his voice. And like, you can hear it on the Floyd tune. Um, I think I made our lovely english engineer grown by referring to the he was saying something about like wanting an orchestra of pete harmonies and i was like so you're saying it's a bitter pete symphony <laughs> if you can oh make it if, if you the bad puns dude John. no i i <laughs> i don't even control them they just flow through me i'm just i'm a conduit for shitty bad jokes um you know i was gonna make one before which was uh you know archie yeah. is in an endless amount of side projects nice. <laughs> nice. <sighs> thank you ladies and gentlemen that'll be the end of the show <laughs> yep but um but yeah no but in you know like to say about pete i was in a band with him for eight years before he told me that he was like accepted into juilliard on classical guitar and i was just like what <laughs> that's the thing that's that's the thing you usually lead with like they're not lead with but like you i would think i just would have come up in conversation but like um, i hated that fucking place yeah but but pete's knowledge of theory and archie's too like they're both super it actually makes me mad because like i i'm that guy who 
can move things around and be like, can you do this riff first half? Now do it this way twice and then this other way a third time. And I'm good at that. But I also speak dummy drummer and will like sing it off key back. And you know that thing that goes Pete just looks at me and goes, what? And then he looks at Archie and Archie translates. Um, yeah, he's my great translator. But um, but like their knowledge of deep, deep theory is beyond any I could, even if I spent the next 10 years studying, I would still be behind. And I'm lucky to have that. But it's been cool. Like that's part of the quarantine thing. And like part of why Endless took off the way it did is Archie basically, and I'm sure he, I don't remember if you guys talked about this, but he basically fled Brooklyn as soon as the world shut down. And yeah, he yeah. Been, he was back in New Jersey, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah. After my leg break and everything, we had finally been going on like the best pace we had probably been in in years, cranking out songs and having stupid fun. Oh, uh, you should hear some of the stuff we wrote. It's dumb. It's wonderful. But um, and he was just gone. And like, that's not in. I'm not saying that in a shitty way. Like, quarantine kicked everyone in the dick some way or another. Male or lady junk got kicked. Um, <laughs> yeah, he came back over to the but, river to my side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, he just. He couldn't be right. He didn't have a car yet, and public transit was sketchy. And so we basically saw him twice that the entire 2020 from there. I think he literally we had two, maybe three rehearsals with him. So Pete and I were just cranking shit out, and it's been so fun. Like as a person who's always written with Archie, and like sprinkled in Pete riffs, and Archie and I will put them together just to sit around with Pete and put songs together. And it's some of them are super fun, and they're different than they would have been if Archie had been in the room. But I mean, I think that's kind of cool. I think that's like that's kind of what we're angling to do next is probably just an EP that's going to be, you know, a few of these songs that, I mean, all of us worked on, but Pete and I especially like we're drilling in over quarantine and one or at least one song that we've had around for a minute that we just want to put out and, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll figure, we haven't haggled out exactly the, the layout. Cause we're really, I mean, we're really just becoming a band again, functionally like in the last month or two, but, yeah it's been but it's just fun because like pete ross was like the shyest guy you've ever known i mean he still kind of is depending on when you catch him but like <laughs> i don't know if i can do this and like now we're just like pete ross shut the fuck up you can do anything like i would i would sit down with pete and do like entire records of just covers like in the style that we play in this band and i would love it like <laughs> and believe me i've got the list uh <laughs> but uh like it just now your your pun has harshed my mellow here because I just want I want to say the possibilities are endless, but now it's <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, my own medicine. I think the pandemic, like um it, it kind of definitely sparked something different in me now. Like um I'm a lot uh the evolution has made me more positive. And that's mm -hmm. and when I say evolution, I, I mean like uh there's a lot of things I changed during that pandemic and I did right. a fuck ton of things during it, you know, like, uh, I, I'm also playing now in an endless with Archie. Um, I'm also playing in a band called Phantom Eye and, Which uh, I actually awesome. did, um, I don't know if you know of immortal suffering, the death metal band, but, um, I did something with him as well Probably called should. acid crypt. Oh and, yeah. Uh, I did see you po posting about that. Yeah, yeah. So I spent my time wisely. I learned how to use a DAW. <laughs> so I'm able to like I I also did a whole bunch of really crazy shreddy guitar solos for Nathaniel Shannon. And uh like I just I fucking 
I was musically uh, inspired and I, I still am, you know, so uh, I'm, I'm writing my fucking face off right about now, which is good, you know. I keeps wasn't you, doing that. Keeps before. you above uh, above water. Yeah, well, it stops the depression definitely. Yeah, I, was say, you know? <laughs> I had the opposite problem during quarantine. I was like, because I had sort of in the last year or two prior to this, I'd quit doing any other projects because I just wanted to focus on this. We were kind of behind where we wanted to be releases wise, and I just wanted to focus on it. And so when this ended, and you know Archie couldn't be here, then I kind of just had nothing. Like Pete and I were getting together once we were allowed to be back in a room, but I also, I went down with COVID where mm. it was so early. I couldn't get tested, but like, you can't convince me I didn't have it. <laughs> like, it was fuck awful. And I was down for a month. And, um, and that's sort of in that whole, by the time that came back, I was going through that period and kind of realizing we weren't really going to be able to do the things we wanted to do over this break. And that sucked. Mm. And I just kind of turned into a shithead. Uh, <laughs> pretty much just sitting in my house moping and like my wife was having some health concerns that we were both stuck here. Uh, she was working a soul crushing job here remotely. And uh, I was not able to work because I've been working in the music industry and live music for the last 10 years. And that's, you know, it just evaporated. But I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how it hits everybody. Cause yeah. I feel like for most of the time we've been in this band, I've been on the like positive, let's go get them guy. And, the last year and a half have just been like fucking wallowing just and shit normally i would just go and you know get a bottle of something and maybe a bag of something go to fucking you, town you may have just yanged my yin i might yeah. have just taken your spot yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i mean like everything's happening now I, i'm stoked about it i'm i'm so fucking geeked to just like knock out these songs and figure out what we can do with them just because we're not going to we had this whole like full length record that we had that planned forever. That's just going to be, a, you know, a bit of an endeavor to record. I think we're probably not even going to do it the way we were talking about initially. Um, it'll like, definitely we're not be even... something though. And it'll be yeah, something no, it's, fucking awesome. I think it's just going to have to be two parts. Cause it wouldn't be like, you know, it's too much more, to digest more pieces of vinyl than anybody wants from our band at one time. We'll put it yeah. that way. <laughs> we're not big shit enough to be like, here's our super baroness giant package with, custom art and 72 12 inches i also yeah. don't have the fucking attention span for that shit anymore man eps I, you know I, I like those yeah. i could listen to full lengths you know if they're worthy <laughs> you know yeah. but i'm i'm really Motherfucker, into we'll make it worthy but yeah i know but um but yeah so that's why um, my favorite I'm, nine inch nails release is the fucking ep yeah man yeah that's a great one that's probably my my favorite too that's not mine, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> the others are good yeah, too. No. I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty vanilla with them. It's all downward and fragile for me. But um, well, pretty hate machine is fucking legendary, man. I love I, that fucking record. Part of it is just that I wasn't ready for it. It's sort of like we talk about like the sort of emo bands. Like I, I'm from the town where like Casket Lottery and Get Up Kids and the Anna Deep Ellum bands, right? And Casket Lottery is fucking brilliant, but at the time I was just like, "What the fuck is this? Like, where's my breakdown? Give me the Poison the Well record." Like, um, <laughs> that was the, that was the emo thing for me. I was like, "Give me them. That's as, that's as far as I go." But yeah, no, I think it's pretty hate machine was that because that was before the Portishead record, and I was just like, mm -hmm. "What the fuck is this electronic bullshit?" Nope. <laughs> Give me my Metallica records. I need some Pantera. <laughs> but, um, well, prior to the pandemic. Do you have any highlights of bands that you've been able to play with 
and you know, I know you're friends with some of those, you know, really good friends with some of those bands, like whether it's in, you know, Brooklyn and otherwise, and regardless of genre. I mean, you guys played a fucking like crazy show with it with like i don't know what it was but are like we, a, are a we sex talking about the black mass it was the satanic yeah. ritual yeah, that's what it was mass. i couldn't fucking remember that was a throw together thing like we had very little notice about that and we didn't really think we were going to be part of the show and it sort of just got lumped in and we basically just improvised the soundtrack to this entire show like we had a couple riffs we were just going to base it on as we were we were on the jazz man um, <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, but as far as bands we played with, we've been super fucking lucky. I mean, we, you know, the guys at Vitus have been very good to us. So like, we're very grateful to them for a lot of them because they've, you know, helped us get in. We, we, Yob is fucking Yeah, legendary. that was That's, fucking awesome. That was the best worst show ever for us for a bunch of reasons, but but just fucking that band is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and such nice, such sweethearts. And say like, one that sticks out for me is Crowbar. Yeah, I was going to say Crowbar, because, dude. That's mine. That's because, definitely well, mine. Because I have this like vivid memory of sitting behind the drums during, it was either Shallow Points or Megalith, and I'm looking down to the end of St. Vitus, and I'm watching Kirk Winstein behind his merch table air guitaring along to us while we're playing. <laughs> and I'm going, I was like, I hope Pete Ross is looking because the motherfucking Riff Lord is blessing his riff right now. <laughs> and like he, he, we talked for a long time. He's like, dude, you guys, you guys got some riffs. And you guys are playing and i kept sitting there and thinking man it'd be really cool if they went this place with this instead of what you would sensibly do but then you guys would go that place you would do it <laughs> and I, was like, <laughs> I was like that's the best review i could ever hear like that's perfect for that. and he's um, just like I, I love him as a fucking songwriter and a guitar player you know that guy's he's just a fucking he's one of the best and our our first real like u.s tour was with moontooth who you know we're already like mm-hmm. super buds by that point thanks to some vita shows oh yeah and but, i love um, those those dudes are so, like, so fucking awesome we knew we were just the whole time we're like dude watch this band they're gonna fucking blow up and it would be stupid if they didn't and they deserve it and they it was just funny to us because we were like trading nights with them like we were headlining after them some nights and I was just like, why are we doing this? Like, yeah, I mean, like, it, it would out. just make our fucking jobs harder, yeah. though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and put on better shows because yeah. of it. You know, I hated and loved having to play drums after Ray. Um, Pete, I mean, you got a rougher deal on that because Nick Lee. Is Damn like, right, I do. Nick, Nick Lee, Lee is the she... Nick Lee carries the torch for me for guitar right now. Like, he's the fucking guy. He's, Nick Lee yeah, he's just yeah, he's top notch for my other podcast. Yeah. Uh, which is it's awesome shout outs to nick reedy again um i hey uh i'll pay you something nick because i never paid you for that we just stopped we stopped emailing so like i don't know if i see you well we should talk but it's awesome and and also i on the i talked to um the folks uh well a couple of the dudes from Husband, yeah, no. thank you. Oh, yeah, super, I, super, super buzz. They were they've been in yeah. our practice space for the last however many months too. They just, I guess, technically half of them still are. But um, yeah, super yeah. Buzz. Well, Love they that. told me the story about like they went on tour with them, and <laughs> and I think it was Dennis. Was it Dennis, Dennis Rodman? Rodman? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That was insane. Yeah, jamming <laughs> three little birds with. Yeah, yeah, but I. I don't want to interrupt the moon tooth husbandry story and husbandry are fucking. Oh no, that's it. it. Just go go listen to my podcast about it. 
they're the first time a band that I know that are like buddies has gotten my record of the year for a year because fucking when Farrah came out, I was just that was the one for that year. Yeah, yeah, it was and that means it had to beat that means it had to beat Cult of Luna and Julie Christmas for me. And if you know me and my ravaging like Cult of Luna fandom, um, oh, I know, dude. We call order. We, we stood next uh, to each other at that show. That was pretty yeah. epic. That was, that was a pretty good. epic. Did night, you hear dude. my throat break? Did you hear the moment? Because it happens every time. But I want to say, she's like, so bands good. we played with. Yeah, she's fucking great. Um, she and I talked at one point about doing, like, a trip-hop project together, and I'm still so sad that it didn't happen. Um, but that's mostly my fault, I'm sure. Anyway, I would, as far as bands we played with, it, it would be stupid to not include Lopan in that, because aside from those guys being buddies, fuck, they're good. Um, so talented. And Pipes, man. Jeff has Pipes for days. Yeah, yeah. I have, the perfect I have solid never drummer. seen Oh, they're so good. I am really looking forward to seeing them. They're, oh, they're dude. They're the ultimate no, fucking socks off. They're just a no bullshit rock show. No fancy lights. Here's some riffs. Yeah, but they were they were like one of they were a band that I remember like checking out when I was exploring more of the heavy rock side of things and just like getting around. It's just like, damn, dude, like this band is yeah. fucking sick. I think Sarah actually turned me on to them and I was like, oh, fuck, this guy can really fucking like, yeah. like sing. It like really keeps them out of um, getting like, like falling into like, like a generic territory. It, no, it, has been, it has been my experience that his voice sounds 10 times better live than on the record. It's, yeah. I have always, I mean, hopefully the trans Pecos PA can handle him because it's a, uh, it's so much fun, and I'm saying that blindly. I don't know what the fuck it is right now. <laughs> I, just, I, I just hope it does because I am selfish and I want to hear it. But um, yeah, he's he get he has such a full voice. It's great. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah, but um, we're we're we we were both we were all kind of giddy when they ended up on our same record label because it's just like, all right, yeah, playing yeah. with the big boys now. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> And they're and, fucking. They're, they're all sweethearts too. They're all. They're red. Nice. Um. And do you have any good touring horror stories, mm. or like a good tour story? We don't have really horror stories. Like we have little funny bits that happen, but I mean. Well, Archie. Uh, Archie has a tendency to haunt me when we're on tour, and that's kind of the game. And he has a certain ringtone yeah, that, that he course. plays everywhere we go. If you ever hear a Martin Gay song come on and you <laughs> see Pete react a little strangely, yeah. you would maybe interrupt him when he was doing things like number two in public bathrooms. Um, in, in rest stops, which made me curse. And or some... not public bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or if he was just taking a nap in the car, Archie'd cuddle up with him and we'd turn on the music. It's Pretty much dudes in the other bands and start playing along once they figured it out. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, mostly we've been pretty fortunate. We've had like some irritating technical problems. Archie had an amp that just really liked dying, which is the same reason that Yob show was just a fuck up fest. But, uh, you know, nothing, nothing that's interesting enough to tell. Um, we've been very lucky anything. in the respect that nothing bad has ever fucking happened yeah we had mm. we had a show in atlanta on our first tour where they did not opt to pay us and i won't point fingers at bands i may have already mentioned but somebody <laughs> managed to lift a flat as payment of 
a thing we had never heard of at that time, which was Desperados, tequila <laughs> flavored beer something. Oh and God! It is not any better than you think when you hear that. <laughs> um, and these were probably tall cans. Um, yeah. And we basically just figured out that they were best used in as weapons to throw at the other van while we were driving down the highway because <laughs> they exploded in a really, in, really entertaining way. But yeah, it's if you ever want to see someone's face like implode, give them a warm can of Desperados and see what happens. Oh, we also oh. ice. Tell them about it. We, we also ice. Like uh, oh, you could yeah. ask Moon Tooth because they learned the hard way. Oh, yeah, you mean yes. like when you put with the Smirnoffs? Exactly. Yeah. We, I introduced Archie <laughs> to, I introduced Archie to a character who was like my surrogate little brother in my hometown before I moved out here. Thinking that that was probably a bond they would, I just felt like, it seemed like that should happen. And on his first meeting, like the first in the first ten seconds they were ever in the same room, he gave him like the giant liter of something gross, and was like, bam! I was like, wow. Yeah, we would and, find different variations and flavors of the Smirnoff yeah. ice, but everybody was getting nice. Yeah, so it became a th <sighs> like once we hit the Midwest, we knew it was on, and we were all going to be collateral damage to Archie's gauntlet toss, and we were. Um, and then it just kept happening, and with Moontooth because that too was on that tour, it just got sillier. Like when Acheron was still a place, R.I.P. We would <laughs> they had the Butterita flights. And oh, there yeah. was no way Moontooth was playing a set without me Butterita flighting them on stage. Like right? <laughs> it was just, it was just like the disdain was fantastic. Like you'd always be, you always be, John would be going, "God maker, everybody, God, <laughs> thanks guys, our best and, friends." That's right, man. Yeah. I haven't the had problem. to smear enough ice since I got iced in college. <laughs> yeah, bringing so it come, back, baby. Oh, so you're coming out to our show? No, anyway. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. You're my friend. But uh yeah. I'm not in a band. Fun. Look, but podcasters oh, exempt oh, from this. Neither's the guy who started this. So oh, um, well, never mind. <laughs> I was trying to impose a rule. Well, <laughs> yeah. The original victim. I shouldn't say the guy who started it, but it's become an art form. We tend to stay at their house too, so it's a matter of like where can we hide Smirnoff products around. I set some bottles up like bowling pins outside his bedroom. I mean Andrew Archie set up some bottles outside his bedroom door in like bowling pin fashion. <laughs> Sticking to that story. And then he has. Um, to, does he have? So what is it you have to? Does he? You have to just like what? Shove it into someone's hand? Yeah, it's generally if you take it without. If if you accept if you touch an it. ice that's been handed to you, you have to just plow yeah, it right yeah, there. Yeah. Depending on where you are, I think it's a regional thing. You have to take one knee while you do it. Jersey for sure. It's a one knee rule. I don't know that it wow, was. Yeah, of course. But... Jersey would have the rule yeah. that, like, you must demean yourself further. <laughs> further. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, they don't make Zima yeah. anymore, so I'll go with fucking Smirnoff. Oh, they I do. remember they just, when it they came They call out. it White Claw. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when it came came back briefly. I bought some, and I was like, this shit's oh. disgusting. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> this is horrible. And oh, I tried yeah. the Jolly Rancher thing that, the, like, you all did in the fucking 80s, and I was just like, it's also it's like it was better but it was still bad well back then like what we did is like we would take shitty beer like old english and we would drink half of it and then we would buy a 40 of like champagne and then you'd pop the champagne inside of the old english and that was called the formula 
that sounds terrible. But that's some old is... New York shit. Let me let me Kansas you for a minute. What the fuck is a champagne? Champagne <laughs> is a champagne flavored malt beverage. I mean, that's kind of what oh, I assumed. Oh, oh, <laughs> so it's the champagne of awful. It's the and champagne it like, of desperados. It was like eight or nine percent or some shit like that. So like you fucking you were hammered after that shit. I'm getting reflux just thinking yeah. about this. That sounds absolutely terrible. Old New York. <laughs> we're bringing we're bringing it back. we're bringing it back baby <laughs> um can cats save the earth definitely everybody should ask them but they won't <laughs> but they should no the cats the oh. cats could they just wouldn't because well, they're cats well, because true. fuck us i mean why would they but you know having them will yeah yeah serving them will <laughs> um but but a more serious question so um what made you settle on covering in the flesh Um, now and and which was have resulted in these fucking uh 14 inch long hammers uh that you are (laughs) that you're hawking to us which i am going to get one because it's ridiculous and also like this this is like i've i've always loved this song like it's such it's a hell of an of uh of like an intro and then a reprise it's the the simplest riff ever but it's also like one of my top three riffs just because it's so good but it's like almost android weber to start with like usually it started originally as like a way to start the show if i remember correctly well we had a show booked the weekend after trump won in (laughs) yeah in brooklyn and we knew we were going to play an excerpt which is already kind of the saddest song ever and so I sort of had the idea that can we do in the flesh in that sad fucking tuning? And we did. So we opened the show with that and then went straight into this like 13 minute depression fest, which let me say out loud, I think we're all generally agreed is the best song we've ever recorded. Like as far as a recording, like music, piece of music, it's the best thing we've done. At least not counting this new cover, um, sort of a different category. But um and at the end of that show, we're like, that was fucking great. And we can never do it again because that was the saddest thing. Fucking yeah. Ever. Like that yeah. will never happen. And then when we, uh, <laughs> yeah. when we suddenly found ourselves a three piece right before another tour, which was not planned, um, we we're sort of scrambling to figure out how to play songs of ours. Cause you know, a lot of our songs do have a lot of harmonies and they just don't work without a fourth guy. Um, that's why you've never heard half of that first record live since you've started coming to our shows. But, um, but like we all really you know the vinyl was still pretty fresh at that point and we wanted to play the ambulance was late also people just love that people always vibe to that song live but the intro was all harmonies just layered harmonies and just no matter how good these two are at faking playing three parts at once it just never sounded right yeah and so i don't i suspect it was my bad idea but i really don't remember to we, we would use in the flesh as an intro. And then it, when it got to that big ending, we would just drop right into the verse riff of the ambulance was late. And that's how we started the show for that entire tour. Yeah. And then just this last, but this year, was, this version was different, obviously from what we played because we extended <laughs> it. And plus, uh, yeah, we, we definitely stole some more parts of the wall to add to it, obviously. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and it might've been, it might've been my idea initially, but Pete Ross, that whole using the, uh, thin ice as the outro yeah and dropping the little hey you the recurring just theme riff that happens throughout the wall i had to fight him on that he wanted yeah. to cut it 
Yeah. We were doing it for too long. <laughs> we were fucking around playing at regular time, half time, and I was just like, no, no, we can we can stick this landing, and it needs to be here. Um, I'm grateful. Yeah. And we put it back in that stupid sad tuning, like an excerpt, so it's a little bit darker. And and we turned Pete and his goddamn voice loose, and fuck, it sounds good. Thank you, John Lane. Oh, honestly, my favorite part. My favorite part is actually the harmony that 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 you put over just when we come back in loud the second time when the guitar harmony kicks in, and it's uh, a, yeah. a total Pete harmony and not anything to do with the actual harmony Pink Floyd did, and it's sad and wonderful. It gives me the eyebrows every time. Yeah, I figured I could make it sadder. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, and everything's Aqu- sad. Aqualam approached us. To directly answer your question after we've meandered about uh, Aqualam, I was actually on vacation home this summer and I got a message from one of them that was just an, a minute long clip of that first time we had played it that I don't think any of us knew existed. We had never seen the video. And it was just like, this, we want you to record this. Uh, okay, we're going to hook you up with, um, and they hooked us up with James Brown, who is just way overqualified to ever touch anything we do he's you know he's won grammys with Foo fighters and he's mixed ghost records and brendan benson <laughs> just everything he's he's all over music and he's brilliant um uh, and he was so fucking lovely to work with yeah he's man he was awesome nice dude like i've never had more fun recording and he's got the best fucking record collection oh ever. god if you look at our instagram or facebook or whatever there are pictures mostly of peter archie that i was taking with just this wall of vinyl and just be glad you can't see it up close because it is everything you want it to be he had all this shit in the studio that you could fuck around and play with but all i wanted to do was like look at his vinyl (laughs) it's everything every neurosis thing you've ever heard of every just jazz like great jazz collection good classical collection but just oh god the loud music was it was good it was real good and he was so fucking easy to work with and like everything was like cool and like even when i started getting frustrated like he just knew how to like calm the situation down and you know it was good it was a really good experience pete also recorded all those vocals with a gigantically monstrous hernia oh yeah i was pushing the fucker back in after every take metal and that shit sucks. Every take, like if I literally like every take, I would have to like bend down and like kind of maneuver myself to kind of push my intestine back inside or whatever it is it's poking oh. out. Because it literally, like it, it before I got it operated on, it was like poking out of my fucking body. So every fucking take, thankfully, it wasn't that many takes I had to do. Or Pete gets it done. Yeah. I was lucky I've, in that respect. I've played a metal show with a broken leg on drums, and it doesn't seem like a third as bad as that to me. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds awful. Yeah, yeah, it sucked. But I'm, I'm better glad, now, I'm boy. Glad, <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm glad that you're able to keep your guts inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now I can. I had a really good surgeon. <laughs> High five. High five. <laughs> But yeah, I could push better now. So like, uh, my my screams and stamina and shit like that, and I won't have to do anything stupid. So it's gonna be a really good show. I'm excited for it. It's gonna be fun. We're trying to figure out how to squeeze as much like of our tunes and also just fun shit 
we're not going to go like full stupid Halloween and play a Nirvana set or anything like that. But uh, but there will be some we'll fun to, shit. In, we'll try, in... We're going to try to squeeze in as much as we can. We still haven't quite figured out how to schlep it all into a reasonable length set, but we'll. That's tomorrow. We'll figure yes. that out tomorrow. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's a tomorrow problem. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you got anything in the works at the moment, and uh, what we can expect from you in the future? I mean, just kind of what we're saying. Like we're we're gonna try to kick out a short-ish recording EP type thing as mm-hmm. fast as we can. But we really, you know, we got to get back in a room and make faces at each other and tweak the songs a little bit. Make sure everything's hitting as hard as it can be. But it's just as soon as we can. Like that's we don't we don't have a time frame yet. Uh, we're all antsy as fuck. Archie works in music retail, so December and November fucking suck for him. So like, right. We try to squeeze it in as much as we can. But yeah, and I believe next year we'll be fucking working on some shit. I want to come out fucking firing and swing so it. Pent. And have you been listening to anything good as of late? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna definitely. give you a big different list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, predictably love the Cult of Luna record. I'm pissed off that they beat me to using brushes on a on a snare drum in like our style of music because I've been trying to figure out how to make it work and they made it like an industrial beat. And I'm jealous. I'm just jealous. Um so that record's fucking great. The worst thing on it is a is a Lanigan guest. And if that's the worst thing on your record, you're doing pretty well. Dust em off record is killer. Uh the new big brave record fucks me up in like all the right ways for this year like it's kind of it's an uncomfortable listen but run it all the way through it's like the record that needed to be put out during all of us having the world just fucked up uh i feel like there's oh amigo the devil fuck oh, i haven't checked that out oh it's so good pete ross i'm i'm blathering all I'm right some crazy so, heavy shit we're gonna go to chat pile because that fucking record's fucking amazing. Um, PG Lost, that Oscillate record, yep. is really fucking good. The new Portrayal of Guilt record. Or oh, record my God. I'm going to see them game. tomorrow. Oh, God. They're so fucking good. I, I can't get enough of that shit. Even the newer stuff they're putting out. It's just fucking... It's just one right after the other. It's just great. Um, and then, like, you know, as usual, like, I'm, I'm always obsessed with listening to, like, Cocteau Twins and shit along yeah. the lines of that. So... Yeah. Always, always the Portis had massive attack crowd for me. Trying to think of anything else that's cool. There's a band called LLNN. I don't know if they pronounce it in a goofy way. That's just stupid heavy. Yeah, I've been seeing American. them popping up. Oh, Akeem Ali, yo, Akeem Ali. He is like, he's thank you going to be the ne- next big thing. He has to be. Maybe. He has to be. He's just that fucking good. Kimi Casanova. And so it's gonna be. If you didn't make it, if you didn't kick out one hip hop record, we were all going to be very sad. Well, you know the new Aesop stuff that he's been putting. Aesop Rock is is really good. Oh, good. All things Griselda. But that 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 Kimi Casanova record, man. That Akeem Ali, man. His freestyles alone will make you a believer. I'm trying to think of other shit that's come out this year. I mean, the quicksand. I, I love the quicksand record. It's a weird one. Oh, oh yeah, Fonda. that was really good. Uh, like they're, I don't know if they're branching. Fonga, but Fonga is really good. That Pantacrator record is really fucking amazing. They're from France, and I like them a lot. They're very god fleshy, but what more doom. Um, they're called F A N G E, Fonga. Oh, okay. I guess. Or Fang. Fangy. Fangy. <laughs> Let's get Fangy. It's but it's, it's fucking, it's punishingly heavy. Nice. Oh, and f- of course, I, I you know I can't fucking say this 
the new Lorna Shore EP. Oh, fuck. fuck, how did it? It's so yes. fucking good. The, these guys deserve every fucking little bit of kudos that they're fucking getting, and all the great stuff that comes their way. Is holy. I did really like shit. their last album. Oh, oh, the, the last album was just... good, but this shit. Have is you heard just... the newest one? No, I haven't heard it yet. Oh, check it out. Oh, dude, they're good. They're tearing the world apart. Yep. Motherfuckers are hitting arenas in Europe, and I'm so stoked for them. Yeah, man, they really fucking deserve it. Not just because it's Archie's little brother and shit, but yeah. because they're just that fucking good. They're so fucking talented. And they're the nicest dudes ever. Yeah. We're all they're charter members of the Austin Archie fan club. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the president. Anyone. I'm the president, baby. <laughs> Superman. Superman. Well, is there anything you want to plug or promote? Still got hammers. Yeah, we still got hammers. <laughs> um, you can, in fact, and I, if anybody has suffered through this whole thing of listening to me and mostly me ramble, uh, I assume they already know that it's a it's to go with the wall imagery. If I feel like anybody who's super into Stoner World and Pink Floyd knows the imagery of the hammers from the wall. There's actually an idea. Our label guys came up with the idea for the hammers, so all credit mm -hmm. to them. They wanted to do some unique merch item, and they just happened to pick a hammer the size of my thigh. Um, <laughs> but it's red and black, so it matches it, and there's going to be some sort of medallion or engraving with our logo on it. Uh, it should be cool. Uh, but you can only get them at godmaker.bandcamp.com is the, the plug that we were supposed to do as capitalist people. <laughs> um who like paying rent but yeah it's i think they're trying to wrap those orders in the, in the next month or so but whatever they're, they're going to make however many there are to make in a few weeks and ship them out so go get out. yours now also it comes with a download of that in the flesh cover with pete ross fucking crushing it and the rest of us trying to keep up all my oohs and ahs and his oohs and ahs <laughs> <laughs> and then he hits the fuck you button. Yes. And everything gets low. So, anyway. Well, there you have it. Finally, Godmaker on Dire Doom. And I'm. Thank happy. you so much, Dylan. Thank you for yeah. enduring us. Thank you, man. This has been a long time coming, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in a couple of weeks. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you. So, that works yeah, out. Yeah, fuck yeah. I you finally, I mean, you can't tell, but I finally have long hair. After yeah, all these it. years, <laughs> I was like, now's the time. Yeah. <laughs> go check out Godmaker if you haven't. They fucking rule. And go to the show if you're in the area. Um, don't do unnecessary travel. That's not going to help anybody. Um, <laughs> but if you can make it and you're around, I definitely encourage you to go see them. Uh, venues Trans Picos. Yeah. Um, and that's next yeah, Saturday. With October 30th. Goosey, goosey night, as we used to call that in New Jersey. <laughs> well, we're going to get Lucy on Goosey night. Nice. Then, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, Burning Tongue, we should shout out. That's, I mean, we're, part of the show is it's their record release. And those are old friends of ours. Most of those dudes used to play in a band called Blackest, who are fucking great here in Brooklyn. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think any of us have ever actually seen Sasquatch live, but they're the headliner, and we haven't mentioned them this whole time. But and they're fucking awesome. It's just because we're... That record. We are, low pan, we are low-pan super fans, so we talk about them a lot more. But 
it's gonna be a fun damn night i think it's a pretty cheap ticket i forget 10 or 12 tops uh whatever it's the night before halloween it's a fucking metal show in ridgewood almost brooklyn yeah it's in that it's in that weird part of brooklyn where in the nethers it's actually in queens but just barely yep (laughs) there's no subway stop so it's super convenient it's pretty close always it's pretty cool. It's one past Myrtle. It's Halsey on uh, the L. It's pretty close to there. It's, okay, yeah. right. Yeah. But uh, just, just a couple of Halsey. <laughs> Did I say Halsey? It's Halsey. Halsey. Say Halsey. right. Halsey. Sorry. I'm from the Midwest. Halsey. I don't know how to talk. <laughs> they but, say uh, things very literally in the Midwest. Yep. Non regional dialect. Anyway. It's water. Water. Yeah, water. <laughs> but, yeah. It's not water. It's be a good damn it's night, water. though. It's water, coffee, and we hope to see everybody and smile a lot and shout a lot and give people hugs and break things, but not with hammers. That's irresponsible. (laughs) And you could be held liable because it is your merch. Oh, motherfucker! No, our we I keep having this talk with our label. I'm like, do not bring those motherfucking things to this show. Like. I know that in my 20s when I was lame and like getting through college, I worked in the insurance industry and that fucks me up a little bit. But I'm saying going, liability issue, motherfuckers. No. <laughs> There's like the first time one of those tie-ins goes into a temple in the middle of a song. Yeah. No, that's... no, 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 no. Order yeah. them online. No. <laughs> Not on my conscience. <laughs> well, I'll be seeing you guys there. Awesome. And uh, yeah, go get a hammer. Can't wait. <laughs> hammered, but go get a hammer. Thanks for having us, man. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. you so much, man. That'll do it for this chapter of the diary.
shine Is this not what you expected to see? If you wanna find out what's behind these cold eyes You just have to claw your way through this
John? I'm just doing this because my hair looks like dog shit. So. <laughs> I'm doing that thing where like it's not humid outside and it's broken where my hair tie goes on. So I'm just like, I'm in a new job and I have like mad scientist hair at all times. <laughs> Pete's like, I don't have that issue. It just It's been a good hair day for Pete. <laughs> Only has good hair days. Don't yeah. let him lead you astray. I'm killing some shit in hair department days. That right guy has now, a, a whole program. <laughs> the weather has been so good to me. <laughs> Today was lovely. Yeah. Went for man. a walk. Went for a walk. Listened to Godmaker. It was awesome. Very cool. Very at cool. least half right. 